0: Hello there, you're listening to the Babies in Common podcast, where parents, parents parents-to-be, and professionals can join together and talk about all things pregnancy, birth, feeding, babies, and parenting. And you don't even have to put on pants. So join me, Jeanette, an IBCLC lactation consultant, childbirth educator, mostly retired birth doula and mother of two, and my colleague, Melissa, a labor delivery postpartum nurse, breastfeeding counselor, and mother of three. As we have a conversation with our special guests, we hope you enjoy today's episode and let us know your thoughts and learn more about what classes, groups, and services we provide by going to our website, babiesincommon.com. All right, let's get going. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Babies in Common show. I'm Jeanette.
1: And I'm Melissa. Welcome everybody. We have another great show for you today. And as a reminder, anything said on this show is not to be taken as medical advice. Please consult your own care providers and visit babiesincommon.com slash disclaimer for more information.
0: So today is Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. And we're going to be discussing going back to work and pumping at work
1: no say it ain't so but it is an experience that many birth givers in this country in america face every day especially since we are the only oecd country out of 41 that's the organization for economic cooperation and development that does not federally mandate paid parental leave of any kind
0: out of 41 countries Out of
1: 41 Mm
0: -hmm. industrialized nations. Mm -hmm. America's (laughs) great. America's great.
1: (laughs) So our guests today are two local babies in common moms who made it work. Marlena Schaefer is our first guest and Marlena graduated from the University of Massachusetts of Amherst with a degree in business management and received her MBA from Curry College. She's the marketing manager for a large dental support organization in New England and works um, in their corporate office. She gave birth to her first daughter, Evelyn, who we call Evie, in June, 2019, and she is still breastfeeding and going strong. And she also happens to be my sister.
0: (laughs) Awesome. And we also have our friend Julie Longchamp and she graduated from Boston College School of Nursing and she's a registered nurse who works 12 hour shifts on a busy hospital surgical intensive care unit and she's the mother to three young boys and she returned to work with each child one well at least let's see so one was 12 weeks another 13 weeks and another one 17 weeks postpartum and she had very different challenges with each baby. And she still figured out how to get coverage on her intensive care floor and find time to pump and store milk at the hospital. And she'll tell you a little bit more about that too.
1: I feel like the only hard to pump, well, there's many hard to pump jobs, many, many, but the other one that's very well represented among women is teachers. I feel Mm -hmm. like we needed a teacher on here. So if Mm -hmm. any teachers want to send us an email and want to share their experience of how they made pumping work teaching, please send it (laughs) to us.
0: Yeah. And that's why I also have, we have two groups two babies in common Facebook groups that are specific to those two jobs ones called teachers with pumping in common and the other one is called medical workers with pumping in common and they can be joined by anybody around the world but that those two jobs have very specific kind of environments versus I love today that we've got Marlena here too because she's in a corporate job so that's one type of environment but it tends to be a little bit more common, I suppose. Although I don't know what the statistics are there, so um, I would assume that there's more people working in a corporate environment than hospital vitamin a hospital or a medical environment. But I don't know. Either well, way, I'm glad just to have jobs. you both here today. Yeah, thank, thank, you thank you for you. coming on to our show. Yeah. So. Well, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Taking time from your babies today, which is cool. So we'll start with statistics, because Melissa loves statistics. You know I do. Um, So in December 2019, the Pew Research Foundation reported that the share of mothers who are working either full or part-time in the United States has increased over the past half century from 51% to 72%. So two... Sorry. Uh, See? That's why you're good at statistics, Melissa.
2: Three (laughs) fours. Three fours. Three
0: fours. And out of the aforementioned 41 OECD countries, remember the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the United States is the only industrialized nation that doesn't federally mandate any paid leave for new parents.
1: And furthermore, here's another staggering statistic. Forbes reported that 25% of new mothers in the United States return to work within two weeks of giving birth, 25%. Others, only six weeks for a vaginal birth or eight weeks for a cesarean. Again, many times this is just state uh, job protection, not uh, compensated in any way. Um, And many feel lucky to be able to take 12, again, of course, unpaid through FMLA or maybe using all of their sick time or vacation time in order to be able to afford it. Um, And unless they work for a company like Netflix, (laughs) it's likely that if you wanted more time with your baby, you would just have to choose between going back to work or leaving your job. And so if a parent wishes to continue a breast or chest feeding relationship and or wishes to continue to provide their own milk to their baby while they're away, they will need to find some way to express or pump their breast milk while they are at work. So that's why we've invited Marlena and Julie on our show today to hear you know, any tricks of the trade or uh, barriers that they faced and so that we can all learn from each other. So let's start with Julie during your first pregnancy, uh, which was about six years ago, six, seven years ago.
3: Yeah, seven, almost seven years ago. Oh
1: my gosh, our kids are getting so big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you were working as a registered nurse, as we said, on a surgical ICU floor. Uh, you went back nights. And when you were pregnant, um, what were you planning regarding feeding your baby in general? And what were your plans for returning to work?
3: I always planned to breastfeed. I didn't know too much about it. I definitely expected that it was going to be easy. Um, <laughs> I didn't buy any um bottles well or I didn't register for bottles. I didn't um, think about formula or research any of that. I just planned on breastfeeding and I planned on it being easy and not an issue.
0: Oh, but I- the cosmos had something else. in <laughs>
1: <laughs> did, Now, um, were you always planning on going back to work uh, when I you was. were pregnant? And yes. so did you feel confident that you were going to be able to find the time to pump? You know, honestly, I guess I had never really Thought about the challenges or how much work it
3: was going to be Um, I'm trying to think I don't think anyone at my on my unit was um, pumping at work so I don't think I really had any um, nurse mentors to look to for that um, at that time anyways I just kind of yeah I don't know I just kind of didn't really think about it and then when I went back to work I kind of as it got closer and closer I got a little bit more anxious and kind of made my schedule and was and just kind of said I'm gonna to try to pump around these times and see how it goes.
0: I remember you talking about how you had to get coverage because some of the yeah. people you were taking care of could yeah. have major so medical issues. I definitely
3: issues. had some issues in that. You know, everyone's busy. Everyone has an assignment. Um, sometimes you feel annoying asking people to cover your patients. Um, also, sometimes people are really busy and their assignments really busy and you know that they don't have time to watch your patients or maybe they're not going to watch them as closely as you feel like your patients need to be watched.
1: Oh yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling.
3: i to <laughs> split up my assignment and ask one nurse to watch one patient, a different nurse to watch another patient, which made it a little bit easier rather than handing off my, one, my assignment to one nurse making them have four patients.
0: But so was you your like nurse manager supportive? And was was there ever like a superior that would come in and help support you with a patient? No. Um
3: well I work nights and on nights in the hospital, there's no nurse managers present. Oh. Um, that's pretty
1: much and they sh- basically cut you to the bone. It's kind of like a yeah. inside joke that's not funny in nursing right. that basically day shift is oftentimes
3: Right, Saft, the favorite shift. You know, you get the the Day shift gets the pizza for lunch, and night shift gets like the leftover crust that's left.
0: No.
3: <laughs> you know, that's kind of how it is in the hospital on days versus nights. Um, so, while, so there was no management present. There were, um, at my hospital, I assume most hospitals, at night, there's a nursing supervisor who's kind of in charge of the unit mm-hmm. or in charge of the hospital. So, the problem with that is that oftentimes the nursing supervisors are either A, so removed from nursing practice that they really aren't even qualified to take care of patients anymore, or B, they don't have critical care experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some of them do, but not all of them. That's not a requirement for being a nursing supervisor nursing supervisor's job is mainly like staffing and bed placement and
1: yeah they spend a lot of time in the er trying to find beds right. for the er patients that are being admitted oh. so
3: yeah so it's definitely different so there wasn't much support as far as somebody covering my patients it was never a random person walking around taking my patients it was always me giving them to um a nurse that already had an assignment
1: wow All right. so marlena your story's a little bit different Um, because you're in a corporate environment. um, And something also happened during your pregnancy that kind of threw a wrench in the works as far as uh, being able to take time off after the baby is born. So can you tell us what happened? Oh,
2: there
0: you you are.
2: So at my previous job, um, they had started doing layoffs. So, and that was around, I wrote it down, that was around like Fifteen weeks or so or even before that, you could see like stuff going down. So I people jumping started, off the ship. <laughs> so I started applying to jobs um and I so I actually had an interview, I looked it up at nineteen weeks with a company and I just wore all black.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a baggy blazer. <laughs> yeah. a baggy
2: blazer. I got a job offer the next day, which was actually a Saturday. They called me and offered me the job and I panicked because I had just figured out with my current HR of the company that was kind of drowning that I'd get all of FMLA and I'd get paid for the 12 weeks and I didn't have to use any of my sick time and I was like great this is amazing and And just for people who don't know
0: because we've said FMLA a couple times it's Family Medical Leave Act which is a federal law that requires employers to give you 12 weeks off to take care of a new child in the family or a sick relative but they don't have to pay you
1: they don't have to right. pay you so job protection and not all employees, not all employers qualify because they don't have enough employees Right. so that's the other thing too but, but- you
0: were gonna get paid because your employer would pay people that was just their benefit package
2: yes yeah, through my benefit package i had short-term disability and i was mm-hmm. like gonna almost get 100 percent. but then people started jumping ship <laughs> and i had so i had an interview and then the next i the next week so like three days later, my boss came in my office with like an HR folder and oh. he had gotten laid off. And I was like, great, guess what? I got a new job. <laughs> <laughs> so I started my brand new job at 22 weeks pregnant, crying and telling my boss on like day one, by the way, I kept a secret. I'm pregnant.
0: You <laughs> said that on day one? Wow.
2: <laughs> well,
1: you know, uh, it's hard. It puts people in a predicament because they, you know, technically federally, they're not It's illegal to discriminate against someone because they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. However, we all know it happens all the time. If it comes down between you and somebody else that, you know, they know they're not going to have to train and then let take off time in Mm -hmm. what, 20 weeks. I mean, Mm. it's, it definitely puts people in a really difficult position so (laughs) but at some point uh you gotta kind of let the cat out of the bag
0: so
1: (laughs) So, uh, how do you how did this affect the way you were like thinking about um like how were you planning on feeding your baby when you were pregnant did that change at all when you lost your job and had to switch
2: so I talked to my boss and told her like again pretty much day one I'm gonna be gone pretty much four months and whatever whenever I can come back um I want to breastfeed. So we kind of talked about a lot of stuff like right away. Um, and so I had planned on breastfeeding, but for the entire time I was on my eight weeks off of maternity leave, no pay. <laughs> um, HR just kept emailing me random questions. Like, how long do you plan on breastfeeding? I was like, I don't I don't know the answer <laughs> to that question right now. Hmm. Do I have to tell you a specific timeline? Because I hmm. guess the... Um, conversation that was happening behind the scenes is I was the only person who was going to be a mom with an infant there. They hadn't had anybody who breastfed in the office before and they didn't know where to put me. They almost rented a closet essentially on another floor. They were going to get one of those pods that you put at like a construction site and I'm like, Oh great. I'm going to walk into the a pod every day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to know what I'm doing. Um, did you,
0: do you have, did you have your own office?
2: So I didn't. So okay. Yeah. So I I didn't actually know where I was gonna pump until I showed up. Um, and that's
1: nerve wracking.
2: So I just knew that there would be some place, and I thought worst comes to worst, I'll just pump in the bathroom. Which would have been terrible, but I knew that I could figure it out. So there was. Well, the law them. the
0: law says that they should not be making you pump in the bathroom. However.
2: Okay. But they right? didn't. There was no like. By the way, this is what you're gonna have when you get back they just kind of forgot to tell me. So I just showed up and they actually did put a health room in. It was just happened to be that somebody left. So there was an open office. (laughs) Hmm. Uh, I do not know where they would have put me otherwise. Uh, So they got a fridge and they put a lock on the door and they put a sign that said, health room, do not enter. (laughs)
0: <laughs> health room so could other people do other things in the health room
2: yeah right does everybody just go in there to get their vaccines on and things like that
0: or take a nap <laughs>
1: you know
2: they, I don't, there was they said that they didn't they didn't want to call the nursing room it was just the health room in case other people needed
0: to use it mm-hmm.
1: oh my god got mm-hmm. it got it <laughs> yeah hey right, well i just thought it was I just thought it was interesting, you know, because obviously I'm your sister, so we talk a lot. And and when you were having your daughter, Evie, I was having my daughter, Marceline. So Marceline's my third, and Evie's your first. So, you know, I had had some experience, obviously, to, you know, help you along. And it was just funny to me – funny, not funny, right? That, like, this big corporate office with – I mean – lots of women in the office, uh, they had never thought about this before. Like they had never, this has never come up. And I don't know if that's because it wasn't, didn't seem to be a welcoming environment. So women didn't ask for it, or if they felt discouraged from doing it, or maybe they were hiding in their car to pump, Um, you know, but kudos to you for kind of, you know, being like, Hey, well, this is something that I want to do. It probably helped a little bit that your boss um, had children. She was a woman and she had children. Um, but you know, it's like, yes. hi, I'm going to need this. You know, it's not an comment. Accommod- it's not like a, you're asking for something extra, but like, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for this like accommodation that like you guys are all scrambling about.
0: <laughs> but also when, when there's an office that has an HR person who actually hundred percent of the time does HR, which I assume your company does. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem in all the people that I hear from over the years about going back to work. It doesn't seem like HR staff, have all training in this area. Like they're not assertively going, Oh, you're having a baby. Okay. Well then we will work in our office cause this is the law. We already knew that. So we will work to set that up before you get back. Like it doesn't seem very common. So
2: yeah. The, like reason, gap. the reason that the renting one of these pods came to play is because I mean, like most corporate offices, we had a lot of men who are at the management level and also in HR and they were like, well, how long is she going to be breastfeeding for? Like two months? My mom <laughs> he had her own kids. She had twins and she pumped. Like, no, she like, it's up to her. And it could be like a year. And then there's other ladies in this office who may have children. We probably should figure this out.
1: Yeah, for her. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm wow. surprised
3: that you even told them that you were breastfeeding. Like, I guess I never even thought to tell my manager that I was planning on breastfeeding.
1: Hmm. I think, I think it's think- a good conversation to have. I think that, you know, when I, when I talk to, um, my childbirth ed students about like, you know, if they email me going back to work, pumping whatnot, um, I definitely recommend the breast milk and conversation group. I feel like that group or any breastfeeding support group is going to be a great way to learn from other moms. I mean, as a nurse who had worked with breastfeeding women as a labor and delivery nurse when i had my first i would not have survived my first year of breastfeeding without breast milk and conversation because you, i i i learned so much from the other moms that i worked with it it, was, it didn't matter that i understood the anatomy and physiology of a lactating boob you know like it was there's so much about parenting and breastfeeding that's just like kind of you know, experience, experiential. Right. So, um, just the logistics
0: of pumping and when, I mean, I get those questions every time in group, right? When do I start pumping? Which bags do you guys use? Do you freeze in the bags or do you refrigerate it first? And then can you combine the milk? Like there's so many questions. And And are you pumping right into the bags when you're at work or do you pour it in? What's safer? How are you storing it? Do you have a cooler? Do you have a refrigerator? Yeah. If you have a a job where you drive around all day and you literally don't have an office to go to and you're pumping in your car. I mean, there's so many nuances which pump are you using, which one works for you, which flange works for you? Well, you know, we might get into that a little bit, but there's a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, it's true. And it, th- there's tips you can learn from other parents as simple as I remember one tip I learned. She was like, Oh, make sure when you freeze your milk, freeze it flat in a cookie sheet. Mm-hmm. That way it takes up less space in the freezer. I'm like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. Like, I just, I don't think I would have thought of that. Like, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe I was going to freeze the milk in bottles in the freezer. Like I didn't know, you know, because I never, as a nurse had to worry about freezing breast milk. I, people just get it right from the tap where I work. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so how did breast go for both you guys on maternity leave we'll start with Julie
3: Um, with my first well I should say with all three of my children we struggled initially Um, I think it got subsequently better with each child quicker so my first child my entire maternity leave was kind of a struggle Um, I went back to work still using a nipple shield um, still pumping kind of a lot Um, with my second child, I think I kind of cut that off maybe around like six weeks or so. And I would say probably sometime around the same time for my third, but my third never took a bottle. So I, while I pumped occasionally, I think things got better quicker because I just had no other option.
1: Meaning feeding him directly at the breast?
3: Yes. Even when I was having a lot of pain, I kind of felt, I felt, um, Like I had no other option, but to continue because Mm -hmm. he wouldn't take a bottle even early on.
0: Yes. Complexities. Yeah. So what about, oh yeah. So Marlena, yeah, that's, uh, Mm -hmm. so how did breastfeeding go
1: for you during maternity leave?
2: So me and Evie both had thrush at the very beginning, um, because I had antibiotics during delivery and it was awful mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it I, I loved breastfeeding and I still do but it was very painful <laughs> um, and I had to give her that yellow medicine like seven times a day and that was honestly the worst thing ever <laughs> uh, so we were both constantly sticky from the medicine and like trying to get her to swallow that and then I had to always put stuff on my nipples and the first couple of weeks were pretty rough because it felt like knives were coming out of my boobs.
0: <laughs> um, I remember those days. Yeah.
2: No, I think that lasted because then I got it like again. Like it didn't fully go away. We had it for a solid month or so that I was. And you were sterilizing
1: everything. I remember, you know, as, as per the recommendations, because fungus is hard to to get rid of. So you were like everything she touched with her mouth. You were washing and sterilizing bottles and pump parts and washing everything in hot water. And that's a lot of extra work.
2: Yeah, it was so um the sterilizing yeah all of her pacifiers and everything like that so after that but like so like the last two weeks of maternity leave were pretty okay because <laughs> the thrush was gone and that was nice um but the first six weeks were pretty rough hmm.
0: wow and then you're getting ready to go back to work and what were you doing to get ready as far as like how much milk did you have in the freezer or the fridge? And how often were you practicing bottle feeding? What were you doing to prepare for the weeks leading up to work? Julie?
3: Um, Well, for me, my first, he got a lot of bottles early on because we had a lot of struggles with breastfeeding. And so pretty much from early on, he was getting bottles. Initially, just overnight, initially, we're trying to just do them overnight and then we kind of started gradually weaning off overnight and um, but he consistently got bottles throughout maternity leave so I never really had to do much to prepare for him taking bottles I think as far as how much milk to pump and how much to put in a bottle I think I honestly it's hard to think back but I'm guessing I, I always went to the um, babies in common you know groups so I think I just learned a lot from the groups as far as how much milk to leave and how much you know, plus he was at my house, he wasn't going to daycare. He was at, he was at the house with my husband because I was working overnight. So worst case scenario, there was always more milk in the fridge. So I never really had to worry too much about that. My second- You had a lot of milk. I had a lot of milk. So can <laughs> you,
0: just, can you just share. As, as, can you just share as a point of inspiration for those who have a lot of milk, how much milk you've donated in your lifetime?
3: You know, it's hard to remember, but I would honestly have to say I've probably donated about like 6,000 ounces. I think I donated probably the most with my first. And then I definitely would easily give away a thousand ounces at a time. I helped a lot of moms and I wish I had written down all these moms that I had helped. Mm. Funny story is um, several years ago, I won I don't know there was like a girl that i'm friends with on facebook and she was selling like or doing a raffle so i entered my name into this raffle and i won and i won a shirt from like lularoe or something and she mailed it to me with a card and on the card she was like i don't know if you remember but you donated milk to my daughter when she was a baby so it was kind of nice No. no. I, curious, I did remember. Now I don't know did she like purposely pick my name?
0: I don't
3: know. Uh, <laughs> but that was kind of a nice little full circle like as a thank you. But um with my second child, you know, I had a little bit of bottle struggles with him. Um we started off, he got bottles pretty regularly in the beginning and then once nursing got better, he didn't get any bottles for a very long time. And when I was going back to work, I had some trouble some trouble getting the bottle into him. Um, my husband had problems, we had trouble getting him to take it. But when I went back to work, he took it and it was never an issue ever again. He took his bottles and it was never a problem. I remember that first day back to work, um, texting the daycare provider, oh, did he eat? And he ate fine. My third child, um,
1: Oh, he, Gav. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. So he was my troublemaker. Um, I probably went through, 20 different bottles literally every brand i was like googling weird bottle names trying to find (laughs) other bottles convinced that if i bought this 35 dollar bottle you know he was gonna magically take it he didn't ever take it so that was definitely a struggle um i tried daily i sent him to um daycare several times while i was on maternity leave hoping that daycare would be able to get him to take it and truthfully i'm not sure how invested they were my child While he didn't eat all day, he was surprisingly happy for them Mm. and never was asking to eat, was never fussy, was never acting hungry. So they also weren't like, oh, this child won't stop crying. We got to feed him. They were just kind of like, well, he's happy. I mean, I I guess he's good. And I was more anxious about it, knowing that I was going back to work for these 12 hour shifts, leaving, you know, I work in Rhode Island. So leaving an hour before, coming home an hour late gone from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mm. I was very anxious that my child was going to be dehydrated and kidney failure. You know, mm. I had teamed up this whole crazy thing. I have a friend who is a NICU nurse and was like, well, maybe you can just drop an NG tube down. Well, so they can <laughs> see I was like,
1: I don't know how to do that. I can't do that on a baby. I was like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's like Spoken a thing. Spoken like a true NICU nurse, just drop an NG, you know, just drop <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh... so that was very stressful.
3: Um, We ended up, per Jeanette's recommendation, maybe two weeks before going back to work buying a sippy cup, and he took to that pretty much immediately. While daycare wasn't great at feeding him the cup, and that was a little bit of a struggle. My husband would often go to daycare on his lunch break um, and feed Gavin so that he at least got a feeding in. Um, He did take to it pretty easily, and my husband became a pro very
0: quickly. Oh, yeah, wow. I mean, good
1: for you for thinking outside the box on that one yeah, I mean, yeah
3: it, was, it was a huge struggle i definitely thought my child was going to start to death
0: <laughs> i hear that all the time and in retrospect like that was three years ago two years ago three years ago and um there's so much that now people have taught me and hmm. other people about how to help babies take a bottle and figuring that out and it doesn't always work of course there's some kids who are just like i like it from the tap i'm not going to take this plastic yeah. thing and so you try everything and 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 none of it works, but at least in many cases, something works. But one of the things with your second baby, we always have to wonder for anybody's baby that's not taking a bottle or to prevent them from not taking a bottle is to make sure, as much as I love how breastfeeding at the breast is a lovely thing, we live in a modern society. If you're going back to work, we have to be really sure your baby's going to drink from either a bottle or a cup. I don't care which one. But I do care which bottle it is and which cup it is, though. I'm more picky about my sippy cups now, too. But making sure that your baby's taking it at least three times a week is kind of my general recommendation at this point. You know, not just, oh, they took it at two weeks or four weeks or whatever. They took it for a few times. We're good. They'll take it. And then we'll wait another two months, and then now you're at the week before you go back to work and panicking because your baby won't take a bottle. You know, it's I think like, for ugh.
3: us, one of the struggles was, especially with our third, he never wanted it from the beginning,
0: mm-hmm. Right. Then
3: it became such a chore for my husband to try right. with this screaming child and two other children who were mm-hmm. two and four at the time that he would always say, just nurse him. It's so much easier. Yeah. And it was so much easier. And given all the issues and struggles I had with nursing, I was so excited that he was finally nursing and nursing so well, and that it was easier that I did just want to nurse them and I didn't push the bottle thing and but like I said it was never easy from day one as far as the bottles so it was just always so much easier and my husband would always just say oh he'll take the bottle it'll be fine it'll be fine Mm -hmm. and I think I had kind of like secretly convinced myself it'll be fine and then you know a month six weeks or whatever So before going back to work, when I was trying every day and it wasn't working, I was just had this like growing anticipation and was like, oh, we definitely should have done this from day one type thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I said, it was so hard to get to where I was with nursing that I was like almost fearful for something to intervene and
1: cause. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So Marlena, what about you? How did breastfeeding go for you during, oh wait, you already talked about that. Did you do anything to prepare for going back to work regarding feeding the baby?
2: So I did go to some of Jeanette's group and I also went to an, another mom group. So I asked a lot of questions about how do you mix it the milk <laughs> together and I, all of that stuff. So I got all of the information I needed, which was great, but I did procrastinate on giving Evie a bottle because I just have not been good with any change after <laughs> he's been born like with changing to feeding or or whatever whatever it was i always like waited it just until the end because i didn't want to change what was working um so but we were lucky we tried one bottle we went on a walk got some ice cream one day my parents came over and they tried to feed her a bottle and she just cried the whole time but at least i was out of the house rob tried my husband and he's like, I'm covered in milk. And,
1: like, <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, now you know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: it was really funny because I was like, haha. <laughs> but uh, we did then try a different bottle. And that one was slower and recommended from that went too. And that and then she took that one really well. So, if we didn't have that much struggles. Just a couple of spills and stuff like that. But... Um, luckily only tried like
0: two bottles and then Evie did really good with it with Rob and at yeah I want to I want to definitely like get to pumping but the last thing I'll say about bottles is that there are like Julie said like there's like probably like 35 35 of them on the market and there's really only a few that seem to be more I don't know if I want to use the word approved but the ones that those of us who have studied bottles seem to like more for babies and help babies use their mouth the way that they're supposed to be using their mouth. And so many bottles don't. And I think sometimes I have found that babies who are refusing bottles or struggling taking a bottle, it's the bottle itself. And so it's not really always worth it to buy all the different types of bottles. It's figuring out why won't the baby take a bottle and is it the bottle itself or is there something else going on? Because sometimes if a baby's refusing a bottle, there's something else going on. It's not the bottle itself, which is... I know Julie went through a lot of those questions too. <laughs> well, that's a good point,
1: too, Jeanette, because as we've said on the podcast before, um, you and um, some other IBCLCs that you know, but uh, I also know you uh, do bottle feeding consults, mm-hmm. not just breastfeeding consults. So even if breastfeeding is going swimmingly, you're making right. plenty of milk and the baby's nursing at the breast wonderfully and you're going back to work, you're having trouble with the bottle, you know call up Jeanette, like, or, and if she's not available, she knows people who mm-hmm. have taken the same training as her that she can refer you to because or even if
0: they're doing a hundred percent formula and they're having issues yeah, with yeah, Exactly. Bottle. Feeding
1: mm-hmm. with a bottle. And we talked about that in the, our VNA episode, yeah. visiting yeah. nurse uh, episode. So, yeah. um, you know, bottle feeding consult um, can be a great idea. So now the day comes to go back to work the day that everybody kind of dreads <laughs> if You're going back to work. I remember it very well. Um, mm-hmm. What was your first day back? Like, and how did pumping go? We'll start with Melina.
2: I don't really remember it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was a blur. It, it is was kind very of a much blur. a blur.
2: Um, I did try to do three times a day, and I blocked off my calendar. Most of that day, I just remember talking to people coming over my cube and asking me and for pictures of the baby. So it was a very nice welcome back. Um, I couldn't figure out how, like, all my business clothes were like button up. And I did, I did wear, like, a nursing bra, I, like, took off my shirt. It feels so <laughs>
0: odd, doesn't it? You're like, I'm at work, I'm behind this door, but I'm, like, stripping down at work. Never mind, like, the feeling of walking into that room and knowing everybody who can see you, like, I know what you're going to do.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was like, I, I used to hang my shirt on the doorknob before I figured out how to do it with my shirt on. <laughs> and like I didn't have to be like totally naked <laughs> I wouldn't walk out without a shirt on and just my sweater that I would put over my shoulder oh, oh. my god that's so funny yeah here <laughs> accident. Like, because one time I walked to Target and like my thing was like down yeah <laughs> oh your flap oh <laughs> my shirt was up and I'm like bro, you have to tell me if I'm walking out of the house without a shirt on
1: If I had a nickel for every time my boob was hanging out.
2: (laughs) Um, So the first day back went okay. It went by fast. I I pumped like I thought. Um, So that was good. But yeah, it was.
0: And what were you doing while you were pumping? Are you, because the law says that you are supposed to be given breaks to pump, but it doesn't say A, that you have to be paid for those breaks. So but you, if you're, your employer could say that if you take that break and you're not working during that time, that they can add that time to your day so that you'd have to stay like an hour and a half later if you pumped three times for half an hour or so. Or were you taking work in and doing work while you were pumping? Or did you find like some people do that you can't do work because hormonally your brain needs to be entertained with something that's not work to be able to get the milk out?
2: So I worked while I was pumping because I pretty much, I always have been the person who keeps piece of my lunch at my desk so I can go home faster unless the job <laughs> required me to take that hour lunch break to which I would just go to like TJ Maxx and spend too much money or something like that <laughs> <laughs> so since I didn't have to do that I would bring my computer in and I would work during it I would always look at the baby like baby pictures or, or pictures of Evie first to like get it started <laughs> and then I would work because I didn't want to stay extra time away from the baby so I was always like around my pumping and typing on my laptop and sometimes I would take phone calls and I would just mute when I wasn't talking or I would turn I would turn off the pump hit the unmute button talk hit the mute <laughs> button, and then turn the pump back on
0: <laughs> and so you had a pumping bra which is helpful yes. I assume so I, did so pump- I did wear a pump. I did wear
2: like a the five dollar pack off of five five pack off of Amazon <laughs> there, it wasn't very flattering but like five shirts that I could unbutton quickly that mm-hmm.
1: weren't
2: none of my business clothes were helping with that situation oh yeah. that's
1: something to think about for anybody going back to a corporate environment yeah I'm very grateful that my job as a nurse I get to wear pajamas basically I think scrubs are the greatest <laughs> invention ever
0: hmm.
2: that's why I pretty much took my shirt off because I didn't <laughs> button it but it was still very tight everywhere so sure. I couldn't like I couldn't do anything <laughs> Mm. I figured it out eventually, and <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And then Julie, you had a very different environment because you were pumping, but like, I mean, I imagine, and I know we've talked about it, but like your patient is in intensive care right. and you like got oh. to get back to them. So how was that for you?
3: You know, I would say it was a little bit different for my first child versus my second and third, which were more similar. My first, I was working nights. So that was a challenge. Um, you know, it's funny when I first, I remember my first day back, like very vividly, I was up to float and I walked in. Oh God, that means float
1: to another unit.
3: I had to float to the medical ICU, which like I was already sad. I cried my whole way to work. I cried the whole day, you know. I cried probably the week before Um, I walked into work. Everybody was like, Julie, it's so nice to see you. How's the baby? I immediately started crying. (laughs) Like the mention of the baby just made me cry. You know, it was a disaster. Somebody voluntarily floated for me. So I didn't have to float. So that was very nice. Um, I didn't know that there was a pumping room at the hospital and I didn't know to ask. I just, Mm. I don't know. I just didn't know. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know who to ask.
0: I but sometimes that room is so far away from you anyway that yeah. it's not logistically feasible for you to use it.
3: So I never, I never actually found out that there was a pumping room until I had my second child.
0: The
3: mm. so <laughs> hospital actually has three of them, hmm. um, but it didn't really matter because I was on nights. So I figured, okay, I'm gonna pump. I had kind of these like set times in my head. I wanted to pump around nine, one, and four. I was leaving my house at six p.m. I think 545, six o'clock. So I figured nine, one, four will be my times. So sometime around nine, 9:30, you know, when it was getting close to nine, I would try to like wrap up my stuff. Sometimes I didn't go until nine 30, you know, sometime around there. If I had time at 8:45, I was like, Oh, I'll go now. I have time. Um, and I used our locker room because mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't know where else to go.
0: I hear a lot of medical providers saying they're using locker rooms.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I used the locker room, which was overall a pretty good space, except that that is the only like staff private bathroom on my unit. Mm. So there's another bathroom in our break room, which is a separate room, but like who wants to go in the bathroom when there's a bunch of people eating their food in the break room? Nobody so and then there is another bathroom in the hallway but that's really like a visitor bathroom so also who wants to use the visitor bathroom hmm. everybody wants the private bathroom in the locker room but it was fine for the most part i would tell people i'm gonna go pump i'd put a note on the door it was fine the only time i really ever encountered a problem was if i pumped around like 2 30 say i was like late pumping or Sometimes people would come in early, pick up a three a shift at 3 a.m. And people would get there at like 2.45 and they needed to go in the locker room to put their stuff away. Mm. So sometimes it was a little bit like, I, you know, people would come in the locker room. Um, sometimes um, people would be like, oh, you didn't tell, maybe I forgot to tell everyone I was going. Because I mean, realistically, people are busy. They're running around. I'm not telling everyone. Um then people would be like oh i just want to get my money i wanted to go downstairs to the cafeteria so i just usually be like okay come in whatever um as far as you know technique i kind of when i pumped in the locker room i would because i was nice things were a little bit different and a little bit slower so i don't really i didn't really eat when i pumped um it was night so I didn't talk on my phone I really kind of would sit there I think sometimes if I was really busy I would wheel in a computer and um chart on the computer but I didn't really do too much um with my first back my second and third I was on days so it was a lot busier it was a lot more stressful I tried to stick with similar times as far as pumping the nine one four ish um But it was days and it was a lot more stressful. I learned where the pumping rooms were. Um, There were two of them on the second floor, which is where my unit is. And while they weren't far away, um, they weren't incredibly close. And days was a lot busier. So sometimes it was time consuming just to even take five minutes to walk there.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm.
3: Because it was days, there's a PA and P room on my unit, which... Most of our coverage works 24-hour shifts so that's their sleep room. But during the day, they don't sit in there. They're, you know, they're taking care of patients. They're on the unit. So I was very fortunate in that I would just tell them, can I use your room to pump? And nobody ever cared. So I would pump with my hands-free bra, chart because I had a computer in front of me. Um, I had like a, it down to a science. I would chart this, you know, these assessments on my first pump. I was charting my notes on my second pump. I was charting, oh, nice. you know, I had it like down to a science. So I would pump, I would chart. I would often, because it was daytime, I would face, I would not FaceTime. I would call my husband. I put my phone on speaker and I would often eat because I didn't have. A <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: The mu- ultimate like,
3: multitasker. Right, Ultimate <laughs> mo- like mom level multitasking, chart- charting, eating, talking to my husband, pumping at the same time um but honestly i attribute that multitasking to being successful because i have nurses since then who have pumped at work and they'll complain oh i only got to pump once today and i'm like mm-hmm. yeah you did i mean obviously i don't say this aloud but i'm um, like <laughs> yeah you pumped once but you spent all this time socializing or you mm-hmm. ate lunch like if you had brought your lunch back there like you yeah. could have twice I mean, right. I'm not gonna say that to people, but like, that's what I'm always thinking, you know? Cause mm. I was straight business. I worked, I saved my charting for when I was pumping because I knew when I was on the floor, I had did not have time to waste at a computer.
2: Mm-hmm. I had to take
3: care of my patients. And when it was, you know, when I pumped, that's when I did that, you know, my charting and my other things that I needed to do. You know, if I had a patient going up to another floor, I would, if possible, wait to call report until I got him back and was pumping because it, you know, and in some ways it was really nice. It was that uninterrupted time that I could chart on my patients that nobody could call me. Yeah. Um, But I really think, you know, I made pumping a priority and I worked, I made my work work around it. And it was very helpful.
0: It's interesting too, because before I had talked to so many medical professionals about pumping at work, my brain went to you're all medical professionals. Who cares who pumps in you, in front of you? Or who? why would you care if you're pumping in front of some of your colleagues? They're all medical professionals. But you're all human and there are certain people who wanna be more private about that. There are certain, there's many medical professionals that are like pumping, what are you doing? Yeah, they're I so know. unfamiliar, it makes them uncomfortable because they're also human. And so it, it's not as simple. So in case anybody else is thinking like, what's the big deal, Julie, you're a nurse. Why couldn't you pump in front of the other nurses? It's because you're human and not everybody likes to feel right. comfortable doing that or seeing that
3: comfortable and yeah. I don't you know what to be honest with you there's many people at my work who know that I'm still nursing my almost three-year-old but there's also many people that don't know and I'm sure there's some that know and think it's weird too to be honest mm-hmm. with you however I will say I work with two other nurses right now who are both extended breastfeeding, and are kind of like I don't really care what you think like this is what I'm doing and this is what I want to do so I think that definitely helps But it's, you know, it's, I think, unfortunate that you uh, almost, maybe you assume as a health, you know, healthcare professionals, that this is widely accepted and known that breastfeeding and pumping is, you know, healthy for your baby and is a wonderful thing to do. There's many people who don't think that way and don't even, and are like, oh, you're breastfeeding or, oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. You know, some people. Because it's not
0: part of your training either. It's not like widespread that everybody's going to know that.
3: I don't work with moms there's no maternity on my at my hospital um it's not a you know it's not something that people at my hospital even know about you know some people do but some people really it's like speaking another language
0: Mm. speaking of that melissa you were pumping mom on a labor and delivery floor for many years yes Yes. do you feel like in the labor and delivery world it was like super supportive and people were giving you coverage and you could feel very free in that way do you feel like the culture is so different you say that.
1: it's so funny that you <laughs> say that because yes and no right so um so yeah i'm uh it's interesting to say that they were both supportive and 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 i guess indifferent i, I wouldn't say unsupportive but what's funny is so i do work i'm an OBGYN nurse and so uh when i got pregnant with my um First, I switched jobs. I was working labor and delivery in a very, very busy labor and delivery unit where I didn't even get time to go to the bathroom or to eat. Um, most of the time, it was labor, re- delivery, recovery on one unit, and then a separate unit was the maternity or postpartum unit. And so, you would labor, deliver, recover that patient in, in under two hours. They had to be over on postpartum to turn over that room to get another, give you another labor patient. And so, one of the reasons why I left that job during pregnancy was because breastfeeding was very important to me. Um, and again, I'm not trying to preach to anybody or that this is how you should feel, but I know that for me, breastfeeding was very, very important. It was a very important goal of mine. And so I took an office job with and a big pay cut um, to have a set schedule. And um, because at the time when I was working labor and delivery, I was working an hour and a half away in Cambridge and I was working day, night, rotating shifts, 12 Mm. or eight hours. So I didn't know if I was going to be on days or nights. Um, It was like three weeks, days, one week, nights. And so it was just the headache of even trying to figure out childcare was like giving me anxiety. (laughs) So I did, I took a pay cut um, to work in an office. It was an OBGYN office. And so what I would do is I would um, pump at my, so was funny is the office that I had um, at this uh, place, I shared with another nurse. This nurse was childless by choice. Um, she used to be in the military. She was very old school. Um, she also was an IBCLC. And yet me being completely unabashedly Bare-breasted. I what didn't. It doesn't matter to me if anybody sees my boob or my nipple. It to me. It's just like nobody. Should you show
0: your own birth problem. in some of your classes. <laughs> that I <laughs> so filmed, I did, by the way.
1: Yeah, that so you filmed. <laughs> um, I did not pump in that office, even though it was just me in this IBCLC. She, she was just such a, she was such a prude. I'm gonna be honest. Like she was wow. just such a prude that I was like, I knew it was gonna be an issue, and so I huh. would just go in, because all like. The doctors and nurse practitioners would have offices, but they weren't always all there at the same time. They worked different days. So I would just go in an empty office or sometimes I would go in an empty patient exam room and just um, wheel in like a, a Mayo stand, which is like a metal, you know, uh, ster- sterile stand. And I would like put my pump on that and plug it in and and, and pump. Um so that's that's another idea
0: for pumping is no matter where you work does somebody have an office that they could vacate for 20 or 30 minutes to help you pump and i've said that to many people and they're like oh i haven't thought to ask and like maybe i could ask even teachers like ask your principal and a lot of people are like the principal's like sure i'll leave i got things i need to do anyway or like at my
1: husband's school you know there's um like he's a math coach and so there's you know he has his own office um, but he's not in it for many periods of the day because he's teaching with other teachers in their classrooms. So, you know, my husband, you know, I, I've told him like when there's a pregnant person at his job, like a, another pregnant teacher, I'm like, tell her that your wife like is a nursing mom and like that you will gladly leave. Like, what? you know, cause I, sorry, it might be, I don't want them to be like, why does he want me to pump in his office <laughs> or like a secret camera there uh-uh. or <laughs> I'd, like, I'd be like, you know, tell them that your wife's a labor and delivery nurse and that you know how important it is to pump and that like, you know, if they need to use your office to pump, like it's air conditioned and like, you know, let, let them use your office. So um, definitely ask around if you're a teacher or something like that. With my second, I was still working in an office, um, but it was, a, it was a, a different office location. And at that point, I was sharing the office with this amazing nurse practitioner friend of mine who was also nursing and pumping. So we would both be pumping at the same time. And and do it on our computer and we would be be doing phone calls, triage calls, and she'd be, you know, um, uh, you know, charting. And what's really funny is we were just busy, right? Like she tried to block off her schedule for when we, you know, she, could pump but like the medical assistants were like constantly interrupting us to ask questions about where can I schedule this patient or you know do you want me to call this patient for you and tell her to come 15 minutes later and so in the beginning we were putting a sign on the door that we were pumping but after a while like (laughs) we just left the door open because you know the medical assistants were all cool and you know it was an OBGYN office so we were just like you know what we i what we would do is we would take the arms out of our shirt so that the shirt would be around our neck put our pumping bra on hook up the pump then put the shirt back on so it was kind of covering the pump there was no nudity and so if they came in it was what's funny is the beginning they would come in and interrupt and they'd start talking and then they'd realize we were pumping and they were like, Oh, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And we'd be like, it's fine. It's fine. And then after a while, they were just like, they would just completely ignore the pump and ask their questions and get out. So that worked out with my third. At that point, I was working, um, uh, eight hour shifts evenings, LDRP at a community hospital. So what was So nice labor about and delivery that, postpartum? Yeah labor delivery recovery postpartum. So once a patient delivered we didn't have to rush them to another unit. They stayed with us in that room and so there was no rush. So um, I also worked with a number of incredible breastfeeding, pumping moms, whatnot in that, in that unit. So they were always, you know, offering to, to cover for me or whatnot. Um, but, uh, but what I, I actually, there was a pumping room on our floor. It was part of the special, uh, not the, it was part of the well baby nursery. Um, but that was even too far away, even though it was probably, I could throw a baseball and hit the door. It was just with labor and delivery things happen so quickly and I needed to be able to see the strips. So anybody who is an OB nurse knows that, um, even when you ask someone to cover your shift, it's funny, Julie, that you, yeah. say that you you sometimes when people say they'll cover your patients you know they're not really going to watch them <laughs> mm. so i might say to somebody like oh can you cover my patient in 10 she's sleeping with an epidural and they would probably cover her light but they might not have been watching her strip. And so what I would do, if I if I went down to the breastfeeding room, I couldn't see the baby's heart rate on the monitor. So I would pump in the break room because there was a big screen with all the baby's heart rate. So that way I could at least monitor the baby's heart rate. Now there was quite a few times where I would see a D cell and I would just unplug and run <laughs> down the hall and just leave my milk on the table because you know didn't happen very often, but every once in a while. Um, and it was the break room of course, so people were coming in and out, but at that point, I had had a pump that was different than the pump I had with my first, it was incredibly quiet. The only way you could tell I was pumping because I just had my scrub top pulled over and I was eating, like Julie said, I think that's the key in in many, many jobs, but definitely nursing is multitasking. Um, pumping was important to me, breastfeeding was important to me. I didn't want, I already worked three to 11. It already took me till midnight to get out to finish my charting. I didn't want to be there till one in the morning, right? Trying to finish my charting if I took an extra time to eat lunch. So I would, um, I would pump and eat, um, and watch the strips and, uh, people would be coming in, but the only reason, the only way they would know if I was pumping is if they put their hands on the table. (laughs) because the pump would vibrate the table. (laughs) So what's really funny is the chief of obstetrics one time, which is a guy, he comes in, we're all sitting around eating, but nobody even realizes that I'm pumping because nobody saw me hook up and I have my scrub top pulled over. And even though it's poking out, the pump parts didn't poke out that much. I'm eating. My lunchbox is in front of me, so you couldn't really tell. And he's talking and talking and talking and talking. And he puts his hands on the table and he jumps back. And he's like, Oh my God, what is that? And I, I everybody's I like, What are you talking about? He's like, Is that an earthquake? And they're like, What? I'm like, and I like pick up my pump. I've got my sandwich and I'm like, No, if I'm just lactating over here. (laughs) He was like, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I don't care. You're an OBGYN. It's fine. And then somebody goes after he leaves the room, I'm not embarrassed. We're all laughing our butts off. Somebody goes, oh, did you ask permission to pump in here? And I looked at her and I go no you got a problem with it she goes no 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 i just didn't know if you needed permission i was like no i didn't need i didn't need to ask permission i just did it because it's actually even
0: more appropriate that you would pump in the break room where people are eating because you are producing food you're cooking you're making somebody's lunch
1: basically a chef here yes okay (laughs) oh my god that's so true
0: so Marlena, do you have any funny pumping stories or, or drama that happened because you were pumping or things people said to you?
2: No, everyone at my work was, Melissa said it earlier, my boss was supportive and then everyone else was just not not supportive.
0: Hmm. <laughs> um,
2: so I did block off times on my calendar, but nobody ever didn't care about them. So I would just in meetings until they were done and a lot of the times you're the only woman in the room so one time we had a meeting that lasted from like nine to one it was only Mm, supposed to be like nine to eleven but we talked and we were supposed to also go to lunch and it it's not. It shouldn't be embarrassing, but it's, it's embarrassing because then they're like, "Okay, now we're going to lunch," and I was like exploding. Yeah.
0: And I thought you were gonna crazy. say you were leaking, and people no. were like, um... no, that, was
2: "That was another time, though." that I just walked into my pump. I was like <laughs> leaking, but I just. I was like, "I was meet you there at lunch," and then I showed up like twenty-five or thirty minutes later because I had to pump, and they were all going to eat. So it's just weird, like saying that you have to go pump, and I also would like feel weird when i was going in like i'd like try to make sure nobody saw me when i went into the room but that, again it just because it wasn't very common and then the only other time that was i guess kind of funny if i have that many stories is i forgot breast pads and i forgot my pump part like one piece and so i couldn't pump but i didn't realize that until i had already gone past the point of no return and i ran into my boss's office and i was like i have to go home because and then like I started (laughs) started leaking and I was like (sighs) and like coming through my sweater and I was like I gotta go (laughs) and she's like oh I'm sorry I'm like bye (laughs) she's
0: like I don't need to know more that's all I need to see
2: (laughs) so other than that it pretty much went well I I I cut down my pumping I I would feed on one side in the morning and hacka on the other and the hacka worked really well for me or whatever brand it was was, like bumblebee or something even a hacka the haka, for
0: those who are watching, is this silicone passive pump that looks like a vase. And there's big debates in the lactation world whether this is a good idea or not. Oh, um, really? It just, yeah, it just hangs on a breast. You, you suction it to the breast and it just hangs there. And for some people, it seems to create an oversupply. Or uh, it people are, I fortunately haven't worked with anybody that does this, but they're feeding the haka, so to speak. And then they're putting that in the fridge and their baby's not growing well.
1: Oh uh, right. Yeah, you don't want to like, do that. <laughs> okay. Well, we all
0: need to think this through before we use the tools. Um but but even just using the haka like while you're driving, it's silicone. You know, it shouldn't be distracting and it's probably safer, uh, well, definitely safer if you have a pumping bra on to have the haka on because you don't want to accidentally knock it off and then get distracted when you're driving. But it's like a really easy non-electric nothing that would damage you if God forbid anything happened. But I think that's helpful or just while you're, you know, nursing your baby to be able to collect a little extra on the side. It doesn't work for everybody though.
2: It, I was lucky. It did work for me very well. So I would get almost a full Haka and I would just feed wow. her on one side instead of switching in the morning. So then I could eliminate a pump when I got to work because mm-hmm. I wanted to pump around 10 because, but I never could. Like if you get into work at eight 30 or nine, you're not pumping taking a break at 10 o'clock. So I wouldn't take a break until like 11 or something like that. So that worked really well for me. And then I could do two other pumps and then I would leave and go home. Eat heavy.
0: Sweet. So what kind of things would you recommend now, knowing what you know now, having pumped for these children, what kinds of things would you recommend to people who are planning on going back to work and pumping logistically wise or gear wise or setting aside time conversations to have with providers? I mean, they're your bosses. What would you say? Julie? I
3: think for me, I had a very streamlined, you know, I would wear, um, a nursing tank. So then I would essentially pull up my scrub top, pull down my, you know, top unclip, put my, put my pumping bra on that took like 20 seconds total. And I, I reused, I did use one set of parts all day. Um, I I don't really know if this was the right thing to do, but I kind of, I didn't even refrigerate them. I kind of just rationalized that the milk is good at room temperature for this many hours and I'm going to pump. So then it's going to be fresh milk and then I'm going to pump again. So it'll be more fresh milk. So it'll be fine. I don't know. It worked for me. My babies, my children never were affected by it. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's not the official guideline, but that's what a lot of people do. And I think the honest truth about what I think about there's the guidelines and if your baby is immunocompromised, if they're fragile, if they're in the NICU, you're not going to do that. Right. Or if if you're, you know, if you work on a sick floor and you want to pump in a patient room, probably not a good idea, you know? Right. But you if everybody's healthy, there are thou- hundreds of thousands, I would say, families that will do exactly what you do, Julie, and everybody right. will be fine, but you don't want to make that recommendation for everybody because it's not appropriate for everybody, but it's, it's exploring what works for you after you figure out why are the recommendations there in the first place?
3: Certainly. And I think that for me at least was a huge time saver. I didn't, you know, with my first, I had the, um, the wipes and I would wipe down the parts. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that phased out pretty quickly. Um, (laughs) it was just time consuming. Truthfully, I didn't have much time. Um, I definitely, I made pumping my priority. So I did everything else around pumping. I said that was important to me. I, you know, obviously i never, I wasn't telling people, Oh, I have all this milk in the freezer. I was literally telling people if I don't pump right now, my baby doesn't eat. So like, I gotta,
0: Mm. Mm
3: -hmm. um, I definitely would try splitting up my assignment and, you know, seeking out people who weren't super busy or maybe had patients in close proximity to mine. Um, I think eating while pumping was definitely key. Um, I had my stuff just very organized in a bag, and I just had it down to to a great routine. Um, Yeah, I just...
0: Did you ever get good at hand expressing?
3: I really didn't, no. I really never tried that. Mm. Um,
0: I always recommend that, because when you're going back to work, sometimes, like like Marlena, you said you forgot a part. Yeah, I was...
3: I would always pack my stuff the night before. So I was very, um, I actually was very fortunate and then I never forgot anything. I did one time have a girl um, that was pumping on the night shift when I was working days and we had very similar milk coolers. Hmm. Mine was empty, had like the four empty bottles and hers was full. So I don't really understand how it happened, however, she I think I may have pumped on the way to work so there was some milk in mine so maybe I had a little bit of weight anyways she took my milk home with her she went home put it straight in the fridge didn't open it didn't look in it Mm -hmm. I went to pump now she worked night shift so I went at whatever time I went to pump opened up (coughs) or picked up the cooler and I was like this isn't mine opened it and sure enough it wasn't mine i didn't it was just a black cooler hers was also just a black cooler neither of us had our names on it um and i had to text her and i was like kind of in a panic because i was like i i I don't have bottles to pump into like what am i gonna do but this girl just worked all night and she's probably sleeping um it took her a little while to respond i was kind of panicking eventually she did respond within the hour and just drove back and like switched it out. But you could
0: have put your milk in a sterile. Um, I
3: could
0: transfer that milk into a sterile um, Pico. So
3: I, you know, it's funny because I definitely could have done that. And if this happened to me now, I would do that. Mm, yeah. However, at the time, somebody convinced me because I believe one time I forgot to bring bottles and someone convinced me that, it wasn't smart to use the sterile containers because maybe they weren't BPA free. Wow. And I believe them. Huh. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're not, but like you're not heating up the milk in them. Right. So like right. it's fine. Yeah. But I don't know. I was paranoid. So I dumped my milk down the drain that day <gasps> oh. because I, I think I had two bottles and that was it. And I think I even reached out to the nursing supervisors and was like, hey, do you know anyone who had a baby recently on another unit? Maybe Mm. they have an extra pumping bag that I can like steal from them. And they, you know, didn't know anyone. So
0: I think another tip would be like, take any bit of supplies that you need, including extra flanges, membranes, bottles, bags, anything you might possibly need and just store a stash of extra stuff at your job. Or yeah. in your car. So After you always have extra.
3: I put a handful of um, bags in my pump, in my bag. And of course it never happened again. But mm-hmm. Of course no, it never did. Right. <laughs>
2: umbrella, umbrella.
3: Another thing that I did have happen was the have the hospital on generator power. Mm. So when the hospital goes on generator power, there's these like little red plugs that work. Um, but only the red plugs work. The plugs that are white don't work. So, um, the pumping room conveniently didn't have any red plugs.
2: Oh, The
3: PA room where I was pumping at the time also didn't have any red plugs. Um, I couldn't find red plug anywhere. My manager's office didn't have Hmm. any red plugs. Like there was no red plugs. So I was like, kind of in a panic and I was like, what am I going to do? I have to pump.
0: Can't you go next to one of your ICU patients who's sleeping or heavily sedated and just put your back to them and pump while seated there?
3: Yeah. I mean, really, really <laughs> right? Good. Um, but I, uh, oh, I
0: just woke up. Oh, you did. Yeah. I think, I
3: think, you know, I can't remember. I feel like this may have happened a couple of times. Um, maybe once on nights and once on days. Um, ultimately I just used a patient room that was empty and yeah. you know, it's kind of weird because all the doors are glass, hmm. but you just, would, I would just pull the curtain and put a sign and just hope like, you know, no doctors like walk in the wrong room to see their patient. Um, so I just did that because conveniently all the red plugs are in the patient rooms and at the nurse's station, but not in these, there should, there should be a red plug in the pumping room. Come on.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I agree. That's why actually I, I, my first two, no, my first baby, I had a, um, a pump that had to be plugged in when I was presented with the option with my second of upgrading to one that had a battery pack, I did. Mm-hmm. I spent the 50 yeah. bucks to upgrade because my insurance would cover the one that you could plug in. But I had been in a s- several situations with my first that were not even just at work. Like one time I was at a wedding and I needed to pump and I couldn't find anywhere mm-hmm. some, okay. you know, to pump except the bar. So I actually <laughs> pumped at the bar. <laughs> at the bar or were you behind the bar? I was, I was at one of the tables at the bar oh. um, with my back to the bar. Uh, and I Pumped there so but uh did you make a kalua and cream with that yeah that would be a great idea i mm-hmm. should have done that that would have mm-hmm. been great yeah
3: <laughs> my I, I think backup I th- no fail plan was i'll just go to my car but again walk into your car takes so much extra time yeah, does. that yeah. you did plan for
0: yeah depending so on guess- the weather, your car might be crazy hot or crazy cold yeah
3: i mean yeah yeah that's true i mean i i guess i would just say have these are things I wish I thought about before I went back. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wish I thought about the fact that, hey, what, what is my plan if, you know, the hospital's on generator power or, you know, I definitely, like like you, Melissa, had times where I had to, you know, throw off all my pumping stuff and run for a patient that was mm-hmm. not doing well that um, I didn't plan for. It. But overall, I think maybe I planned just enough. Because the, if I had planned for everything, I just would have had too much on my head and been too anxious.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I like what you said, Julie, that you, it wasn't an option to you to not pump. Even working in a busy ICU with very right. sick no, patients. No, I made it a
3: priority. It was important. You made it
1: a priority. You
3: know, I work with other moms right now um, that are pumping. And the funny thing is, so one of them says, no, my pumping is my me time. So she won't do work on pumping times. Hmm. And I'm always like blown away that she has, she only pumps once a day. Um, her daughter, I'm actually shocked. She's still pumping. Her daughter's a little bit older, like almost two, I think. Um, so she pumps once a day, but she makes it her me time, which I think is excellent and important. Um, for me, that was never an option for me. I've just always felt like I'm too busy and I really, I prioritize my patients over me. I'm definitely the person who's if my patient if i have a choice between walking my patient and having to pump and eat at the same time i'm gonna choose that versus okay i'm not gonna walk this patient i'm gonna eat now and then i'll pump after right you know so definitely different priorities here but i you know for me multitasking was huge i said pumping is my priority that's important to me i made it work and um i also highly recommend. A, a pumping bra.
1: I
0: have some
3: friends who have never used a pumping bra and they're like, I don't there. know how they
1: do it. I don't. Right. No. I'm
3: like, Oh, it seems weird. And I'm like, isn't it weird to hold your flange on you the entire time? Like, don't your hands get tired? tired. Don't you want to do something? Or, like, Don't you want to <laughs> scroll on your phone? Or don't you just want to do something?
0: I mean, to- hands hands on pumping, like where you're actually squeezing your breasts, mm-hmm. is really helpful, especially at the beginning of pumping, I mean, at the I end of pumping. you Would
3: do that occasionally. Yeah,
0: but you can do that with a pumping bra on. Right. Right.
3: And, and I've just yeah, I've met friends who have been like, I don't know, it seems weird. Or why would I?
0: <laughs> or to or they have one pumping bra, they hated it, and so they just assume that there's not a better one out there, and they don't I use one.
3: Even- I had one friend who was like, I don't know, it seems weird. And I was like, listen, I'm buying you a pumping bra because it's 20 bucks. And you'll be thanking me for this because it's worth it.
1: It's so worth it. The I agree. It
3: thing. I don't know how anybody pumps without a pumping bra.
1: I mean, people, its it always is interesting to me how people spend their money on baby stuff. They won't spend the 20 bucks on a pumping bra, but they'll right. spend $450 on a stroller system. And I'm just like, the <laughs> amount of time that you're going to be pumping, if, right. if, if continuing this breastfeeding relationship is important yeah. to you, it's like, it's like spending a ton of money on like a sleeping bag but not on your pillow that you use mm-hmm. every night it's like if you're gonna spend 350 dollars on a sleeping bag you're gonna use once every 10 years why wouldn't you spend 70 dollars on a pillow that you sleep on 10 hours or you know <laughs> a day yeah you know, 10 hours mean, Who sleep mean, in 10 hours <laughs> some people not me not any moms <laughs> What about you, Marlena, if anybody is listening, going back to a corporate environment, uh, male dominated environment, an environment where not any, you know, would you have any recommendations for how to make pumping work for them?
2: So I definitely think at least putting it in your calendar and having a reminder is helpful because then you'll not lose track of time. So I did keep it in my calendar, even though I didn't always abide by the rules um i did bring extra clothes because i'm like at a hospital where you guys wear scrubs um if something happens you need extra clothes i also brought white they're called for the water wipes. and when i would frequently spill on my jeans somehow <laughs> i don't know we were like this is casual so you had to wear like you know like a, a an a jacket and, jeans and boots so i always one side always filled up faster than the other, and I wouldn't notice it. Cause I'd be typing, and all of a sudden, my right leg would be warm. I
0: would,
2: <laughs> yep, it would come up, <laughs> up the hole. Uh-huh. So, so those really, so those made sure that I didn't have any like weird wet stains that they dried pretty fast. So, water wipes are key for me to stay clean.
0: Another tip for that problem is to get bigger bottles.
2: Ah, that's true. Yeah,
0: especially um, I'm sure, Julie. Did you end up having bigger bottles because you had so much milk?
3: I never, no, no, I never actually had bigger bottles, but I definitely have had to switch bottles mm-hmm. like halfway mm-hmm. through. Yeah. Um, but mm. I never actually overflowed. I think I was just more yeah. attentive. Like, I paid attention to how yeah. much was in there. I didn't get too zoned away with every, with anything else.
0: Yeah. I've definitely i definitely had people all who spilled.
1: I second all the things you guys said as far as like bringing the extra clothes. One time, I dropped an entire bottle of milk all over myself, oh. and uh, and I, not only was I crying over the spilt milk, but I was soaked to my underwear and breast milk. And I was at the office, so there wasn't like a stash of scrubs. Yeah. Oh. So I just had to like blot myself.
0: Oh come on, you could have put a hospital gown on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just walk in a hospital gown. Um, so extra clothes, I always kept a hand pump in my desk, manual pump, so that mean? if I, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I if I forgot the pump. Um, you know, once with my third baby, by that point, I had um, two pumps. I had given my first pump away to a friend whose pump broke. Um, So i I kept one pump at work and I kept one pump at home. Um, I have a friend who worked as a professor and she, this, this, I'm too cheap to do this, but this worked well for her. She bought five separate pump pump sets. And so she would, um, you know, not have to worry because you get home and then it's, tubby time and bedtime and this time and whatever and she was doing evening classes and sometimes she wouldn't remember to wash her pump hearts at night or and so she, she, that that made her anxious so she would always have an an extra set she just had five sets that she would she would set at the beginning of the week all the things she needed in big ziploc bags or maybe they were um, wet bags or something like that i used i did what julie did as far as i didn't wash my pump parts after the i i um after I uh pumped. Um I know like you were saying, Jeanette, the C D C technically doesn't recommend that, but to me that would have that would have um ended my pumping abilities. And if I, I had And I think that's, that's the problem
0: with recommendations yeah. is that you when you apply a public health recommendation to everybody There are people who will no longer pump and they will switch to formula and that, well, of course, people can choose formula if they want to, of course, and that is one area. But if somebody who's committed to breastfeeding and wants to is feeling like, well, I can't wash them every time. So, oh my God, I can't continue pumping. That's so hard. I have to quit. Then the baby's not getting this biologically normal food that they're supposed to get. And the parent is not meeting her goals.
1: To me, that's an unnecessary barrier. So what yeah. I would do is I would, I would pump. Um, I'd pour my milk in bottles or bags, um, and then I would reassemble my pump parts and stick them in a cloth diaper wet bag, or if I, I uh, a big Ziploc bag, a gownside bag, and I'd put them in the cooler with my milk. I had an oversized cooler so that I could fit the pump parts and my milk because, I don't know about you, Julie, but the fridge at work is always oh, disgusting. Awesome. So. <laughs> Wow. I, I would always just keep it in my own cooler. Um, and I one time I did forget. Cooler, what's that? I didn't,
3: I didn't refrigerate my pump parts for that reason because I didn't want to like overtake the fridge that literally is so stuffed. And there's yes. like, I don't know, the people that open a carton of milk to put like a drop in their coffee and think and it's leave carton that carton of milk. milk. What, is, what is, is up with that carton? people? I, <laughs> I never understand those people. Nobody's drinking the open carton of milk. Nobody, not a single person, never.
0: Gross.
2: It's so gross.
1: Every hospital I've ever worked at, someone's like, "I don't want to be wasteful." It's like, "But you are wasteful because this is—if you don't (laughs) drink the rest of the milk, no one else is going to do it." So, (laughs) it's so weird. But yeah, so
3: I did put my cooler in the fridge, but that just had my milk in it.
1: Oh, got it. So yeah. And, and one time I did forget bottles and I also usually keep extra bags in my pump bag. I didn't have any of those. So what I did was I bought a bowl and Springs bottle of water and I drank the water and then I poured my milk
0: into the mm. bowl and Springs
1: bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another option too, but, mm. oh man. Not for
0: repeated use, but in a desperate Yeah, moment. not for
1: repeated, but in a pinch, I was yeah. like, well, oh, I might yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and is there yeah. any, any last things that you guys yeah, want to share words. with our listeners about, um, you know, any, I guess, inspiration for them. If there's anybody listening who is pregnant or on maternity leave and really wants to make, um, a breastfeeding relationship work when they go back to work, any, any words of inspiration, Marlena, you
2: first. I think just don't be scared and ask a lot of questions to your support system. And if you don't have a support system, you can call Jeanette and Melissa. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> That's a great answer. Was, uh, my beck and call whenever I want questions answered. And so that was super helpful. But going, but I didn't have any college friends or like of my friends now. All of them stayed home after they had their babies, which is wonderful. So I felt alone in the fact that I couldn't ask any of their advice. And um I really wanted to hear what people had going back to a corporate job. And I didn't really get any of that. So I, going to these groups and meeting other moms and was really helpful to like know and hear from other people's experiences. And the group I went to, it was in Acton and the, the leader was just really nice and caring and everybody just wants you to succeed when you go to these types of groups. So that was really helpful.
0: Um, Melissa, can you interject too, both you and Marlena discovered through a program that I did um, that smaller flanges worked better for you to get even more milk?
1: Oh, yeah. So funny right? story, I had pumped and breastfed for probably a total of five years with two other children, and I was using the wrong flange size the entire time. But you <laughs> were I making always, plenty of milk. It was, I was fine. I plenty of milk, but it, was, it wasn't painful, but it was definitely not comfortable. It felt like someone was... Um, uh, like painfully stretch, like when somebody painfully stretches your skin, like if you took your fingers on the corner of your mouth and and, pu- and mm. pulled hard, that's what it felt like every time my nipple went into the f- pump. Mm. And I just thought that that's just the way pumping felt because it wasn't painful. It just wasn't comfortable. And so long story short, Jeanette, you had done a pumping for... um birth professionals kind of group or pumping for for professionals that workshop, want to learn yeah. more about pumping like not mm-hmm. that for personal use but to help right. their clients or whatever right. and you had asked on the babies in common facebook page if anybody was actively lactating would come and be like an in-person model mm-hmm. and so i was like i'll show my boobs to anybody sure so
0: <laughs> yeah so there were like four or five of you and we were just trying different yeah, pumps and so you different flanges
1: Hey, Melissa, why don't you, is, is that really the flange you use? And it was the standard 24 millimeter flange that came with my pump. And you were like, I was like, yeah. And you're like, try this. I think it was a 17 millimeter. It was really tiny. Um, and when my nipple went into it, it touched the sides of the barrel, which I thought was the
0: answer. I remember it being the, a 15.
1: Yeah. A 15 maybe. Okay. because uh-huh. I remember like, my. The
0: way I remember it was I was like, you it, You didn't look like, you were totally comfortable. You were making plenty of milk and you didn't necessarily in that moment to me, I wasn't thinking, oh, you should have a smaller one. I actually just wanted you to try it. I remember, I feel like I even said like, for just kicks and giggles, would you try this smaller one? I don't even know like how you're gonna feel about it, but just, and you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then you you put it on.
1: Well, so the the pump instructions, which apparently are not correct, (laughs) um, they tell you that, you know, you don't ever want your nipple to touch the side of the barrel. And so you want like plenty of space around the nipple, which means that some of your areola gets sucked into the pump, um, barrel. So I put on this 15 mil, yeah, tunnel, whatever. I, I put on this 15 millimeter, um, flange where my nipple exactly fit inside of it. None of my areola got pulled into it and it was painless. I, I, I cannot stress this enough. It was, I couldn't even tell if the pump was on or not. There yep. was no stretching, no pain, no discomfort. You were like, oh, and I got like I two feel extra nothing. ounces on like each side. It was something mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, got those flanges. Um, and yeah, my pumping, I, 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 you I just told Marlena to about you. them and Marlena's I like, did, I'll <laughs> try it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you got to try these play just Marlena. So, um, <laughs> it goes to show you that like you do do pumping consults. Um, mm-hmm. if anybody is, you know, interested in going to I can to do work them and- virtually. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's just something to, to think about because again, people are like, Oh, I don't want to spend the money on something like that. But if you're going to be pumping three, yeah. four times a day for, you know, months and months, like you might as well be comfortable and get more milk faster if you can. Right. So I, I think it's worth it. I, I'm always learning something with every baby I've learned something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's, it's, it's great to just kind of, to kind of keep an open mind. Um, I, I, I agree. um, As far as what you were saying, Marlena, you know, ask lots of questions, reach out to other people who have done it. Mm -hmm. Um, What about you, Julie, any, any inspiration for. Um,
3: So I would definitely reiterate what Marlena said about finding your support. You know, I really struggled with my first. And unfortunately, when we left the hospital, we were never, I was never given a plan. It was essentially Mm. the plan was pump. My child didn't latch in the hospital. The plan was pump and bottle feed and continue to try.
2: Mm. And
3: I didn't really know anything better. And I was anxious to get home. And I was just like, I had spent the whole day crying because he wasn't latching. And I was just like, okay, that's the plan. So I went home and I went with that plan and I continued to try, but I knew it wasn't normal. And i did get him latched myself with a nipple shield but again i knew it wasn't normal so i googled and i found some resources and i'm so thankful that i did because i really feel like it's been a wealth of knowledge and you know i'm not the type of person to give up so maybe i would have figured it out on my own and like been fine but it certainly made life a lot easier finding support i loved going to the babies in common meetings it was so helpful you know just to be it was like something I looked forward to, not just because it was like a breastfeeding group, but because it was a group of other moms who were in the same predicament that I was in, who was going through the same things that I was going through. And it was just nice to be able to show up and nobody cared about anything. Like nobody judged you. You show up in your pajamas, you show up looking like a million bucks. Nobody cares. You Mm -hmm. know, you're there to talk about feeding your babies and what's going on. And it was so supportive. And I feel like that definitely helped me get through so many struggles, struggles with all three of my children, Um, most more so the first and second, I think with my third, I'm just so busy with my other kids that I, you know, unfortunately haven't had time to go as much. Um, So, but I definitely would reiterate those, finding your support and using your support system. Um, When Braden, my second child, went on his nursing strike at nine months, I was, you know, overwhelmed and in a panic and you had suggested jeanette to me doing a nursing party and and all these moms moms that you know some of them i knew from group some of them i never met some of them i literally had no clue who they were but this these moms just came over to my house and i made them food and everybody sat around and it was like we had our own in my house babies in common meeting
0: it was, oh that's adorable.
1: It was so
3: the
0: idea being that your baby would see all these other kids nursing.
3: Yes. And while it didn't change it and Gav Braden did not end up nursing again, um, it was helpful and it was supportive. And you know what? Even though it didn't make my child nurse, it gave me the strength I needed to say, I can pump, I can do this. Like I can exclusively pump now for the next, you know, three months or however long I need to, because I have these moms standing behind me. And some of them, like I said, I didn't even know I met Mm -hmm. when they came to my house and that's the kind of community that, you know, it's out there. You just, unfortunately, some places don't give you those resources. So Mm -hmm. I definitely think finding your support system. And then I guess my other piece of advice would be that you can do it. If you make it a priority, if this is something you want to do, stick with it and make, make it your priority, make it work because it's possible. I've had days where it seemed impossible, but I prioritized, and maybe I had to eat or maybe I skipped a meal even, or maybe I, you know, had co an- coworkers that were annoyed at me because they were super busy. And here I was just handing off another patient, you know, with my other two children, I fortunately was working days. So if it was really busy, I had no problem marching in my manager's office and saying, I need to go pump. Can somebody watch my patients?
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And well, now
0: there's, there's pumps out there. There's mixed reviews and mixed results depending on the person, but some people are finding luck, not all with some of those wearable pumps.
3: Mm. Right. And I did have a coworker who used one. Um, She trained with me on days and used it. Um, and then she ended up going to nights and using it on nights. She didn't stay too long at my hospital. She ended up eventually quitting pretty while she was still breastfeeding and just decided that she wanted to stay at home with her child. But while she was working, she did put it on and just work at the, and worked right along. And she yeah, was that's like, I want to make it work. And you know, kudos to her because like, like we've said, I wasn't in them. I'm not in a mom baby, like.
0: Unit. Unit. Well, I don't know if that would work for Marlena, because those machines, they're so quiet, the wearable pumps, they're quiet, but they're to work quiet, in a corporate they're- environment, they're larger, <laughs> so you look larger, and Marlena, you said your shirts had yeah. to be kind of tight anyway, but you know, like, if it's a quiet meeting, and you hear, I'm sitting next
1: to you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you have
3: in your shirt,
0: or your pants, Marlena, bed. what's going on? That You could get away with that, but certainly yeah. I don't know that you could get away with that in a meeting.
3: But, you know, I think I would just tell people that if it's, if this is important to you and there's no other option, you, you find ways to make it work. People are very creative, you know,
1: you can very creative.
3: I would also say,
1: creative. You don't want to do it for you, right? Like if, if you feel bad asking someone for help or making the time because you're like, oh, this is something that I'm asking for from me, then flip it on its head like Julie did and make it about the baby. Like this is something my baby needs. If I don't do this, my baby doesn't eat. And so I'm not asking for a personal favor. I'm not mm-hmm. asking to go take a massage or a smoke break. I'm not asking to lay down and have a nap. Yeah. I, I need to, my, I'm away from my baby. That's already hard enough right nobody should have to have guilt about staying home or going to work but you know we all do and so one way i know that it helped me the long shifts the long drives to cambridge yeah. being away from my baby was like you know what this is something i'm doing for my baby when i'm away and he needs this and when i'm not with him and he's with a babysitter he's getting my milk that that yeah. smells like me and tastes like my milk and that is important to me so i am going to make it work not because i'm asking for something special but because this is something my baby needs if i don't pump my baby doesn't eat and that was, I think, that's a great mindset to have. Even though it, we should feel like we can do it for us too. There's many benefits to us too. But if you have to make it about the baby to give yourself permission to do it, then do that. It's it's something that is you know only you can give. So
0: I wanted to add one more thing about that too. Is that I have met people where I've discussed thoroughly their their work situation, and it's not ideal. It may not be what the law supports, but their work environment just does not let them pump the number of times that they should be technically pumping. And so it's like, okay, well, you're in that situation. It's not ideal, it sucks, but that's your life. So could you pump extra times when you're with the baby? Yeah. You know, in the evenings, the weekends, could you arrange different time frames where you're boosting your supply at different times so that you can be at work for a longer period without pumping and for some people that'll work. And I know this whole conversation we've been having today isn't necessarily what people with a low supply you know sometimes you guys all made plenty of milk and not everybody does but even you know making time to pump if you have a low supply is even more important but again figuring out even some milk is amazing so when you can find that time within the week whether you're at work or not having that extra time so that you can be making a little bit extra so you can feed it to your baby can work for some people instead Mm -hmm. of just saying oh i can't do it at work so forget it all i I won't do it at all
3: certainly when i was when I had to switch to exclusively pumping for my second child, I focused on just trying to pump as often as I could. So that if I couldn't for a stretch of time, I had already made up for it. Mm -hmm. So even if it was like, Oh, I'm going grocery shopping. So I don't technically need to pump right now because I really had plenty of milk and maybe I'm not even going to be gone that long. So like, I really don't need to pump. It was like, oh, here's an opportunity to pump, I might as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. leave without my pump at that point. Um, yeah. But you know, you, I think that if it's something you really want, then you can hopefully find a way to make it work.
1: Yep. I'd also say don't put the cart before the horse. If you're at home on maternity leave and you're starting to panic about, you know, what am I gonna do when I go back to work? And mm. you know, you don't know until you try. Uh, sometimes we imagine it being so much harder than it actually is. And you can always stop breastfeeding. You can always stop pumping. You can't always restart. So I feel like sometimes people talk themselves out of breastfeeding or continuing breastfeeding because they're thinking about going back to work and what's that going to look like. Mm-hmm. And a lot can change in weeks or months. Um, and, you know, it might be the case that. You have plenty of milk and you don't need to pump as much um, and you can make up for it because the baby nurses in the evening a ton or, you know, on the weekends, a ton or whatnot. Or maybe it maybe it's the case that for whatever reason, however it unfolds, that you're, you know, um, you know, not having to pump during the day and your baby's getting formula, but you're breastfeeding all still mm-hmm. every time. you're Right. Together. right. Like there's hybrid mm-hmm. models, too, yeah, that you yeah. know baby still getting some of your milk still gets the benefits versus of feeding quitting and so many people versus stop. quitting entirely exactly yeah so many
0: people like if you look at the rates of breastfeeding success across the country rates drop significantly at three months and a lot of times when i say to people what do you think is the number one reason why people quit they go oh because they're going back to work and i'm like well that's not the one number one reason a lot more people quit in the second or third week it's not you know but it's really having the logistical knowledge and being creative and getting right. that support but I think is okay
3: that goes along with having your support system because yes, honestly if you have this big group of people and they are all there to say oh no i did this or no you don't have to stop you could do this or hey i actually formula fed and breastfed mm-hmm. you learn so much with that group of people so i you know i wish i, I wish there were more groups out there maybe there are and i'm just well now not- that
0: we're virtual Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and that will probably, you know, know. once we go back in person, I think having that virtual support will also be a really great option to continue, and everybody's going to be much more used to virtual, so people who don't want to leave their house for some reason or have those two other kids at home can be doing a meeting. Right, and you
3: can just mute people so they Mm -hmm. don't hear you in the background, you know?
0: Yeah, And you literally (laughs) don't have to shower. I mean, I used to, I always said in the in-person groups, like, show up unshowered, we don't care, but... In your home, you you literally don't don't care. Yeah, (laughs)
1: nobody cares. (laughs) As I've always said from the beginning, you don't even know if I'm wearing pants now or not. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing about Zoom. Thank you
2: so much, ladies, for coming on. This has been
1: so wonderful to hear from you and sharing your tips and strategies and stories. I hope our listeners are feeling inspired and empowered to meet their breastfeeding goals, even if they will be going back to work. Our next episode will come out after August 12th, and we will be discussing maternal mental health
0: with Dr. Rachel Smook, uh, who I'm very excited to hear from. Awesome. Well we hope you'll visit babiesandcommon.com slash show to see all our previous episodes and see what we have coming up. And our show's available as always as a video recording as well as a podcast on our website, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. And please like Babies in Common on Facebook and other social media sites. And check out the website for helpful resources and advice. We hope that everything we do is going to help you rock your birth and thrive as a new parent. Because as always, remember that Babies in Common is a community for you because we all have Babies in babies Common. In common. <laughs> go. Have a
1: great night, everyone. Awesome.
0: Thank, Thank you. you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Babies in Common podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd really appreciate a positive review on whichever podcast player platform you use, as that helps more people find our podcast. We wish you a fantastic day that includes learning at least one new thing, finding something to giggle about, and getting at least one hug, even if it's from yourself.